Choir directors are creative, resourceful, dedicated, and sometimes completely out of ideas. Not to worry, the Choir Ninja Podcast is here with solutions you never saw coming. Get ready for some training, wisdom, and inspiration from the masters. Let Ryan Guth guide your journey to becoming a Choir Ninja. Today's episode is brought to you by SightReadingFactory.com. Do you hate teaching sight singing? Do you have a carbon footprint the size of Sasquatch because you run off endless sheets of sight singing examples only to hear your students groan in agony when it's time to sight sing in rehearsal? SightReadingFactory.com is a web-based tool that will compose custom sight reading examples based on specifications that you choose. Your choir will actually enjoy sight singing, and so will you. Plus, you will get back hours of your life and finally feel like the choir ninja you were destined to be. If that isn't cool enough, you can add student accounts that link directly to your teacher dashboard so your kids can practice or even take recorded assessments from home. As a sponsor of this show, SightReadingFactory.com has an exclusive deal just for you, Choir Nation. When you purchase their insanely affordable one-year subscription, you will unlock 10 free student accounts just for using the promo code NINJA at checkout. That's Ninja, N-I-N-J-A. So head over to SightReadingFactory.com. That's SightReadingFactory.com. And don't forget to use the promo code Ninja at checkout to unlock your 10 student accounts absolutely free. What's the best part about being a ninja? The gear. It's the nunchucks, the katanas, the throwing stars. It's the same for choir ninjas. The difference between an ordinary and a masterful performance may come down to your most basic and essential piece of equipment, your music folder. My Music Folders creates a superior product, and they do it with a smile. And because they are friends of the podcast, they have a killer deal for you right now. Get the bulk purchase price break without having to buy in bulk. So whether you have to restock your entire classroom or you just need to replace a few folders, you will get the best possible pricing on the best possible product. So like a ninja, sneak on over to MyMusicFolders.com and use the code NINJA when you check out. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Choir Ninja Podcast. Welcome to episode 123 with Eugene Rogers. Uh, if you didn't catch the first episode, uh, episode 122, you can go back um, to the previous episode and listen to that. Or you can just continue to listen to this one because I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. So, um, Eugene, thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you. <clears throat> so, we talked about at the end of last episode that you... You preach the word of the singing conductor, um, yes. and I, I want to know a little bit more about that because I you do a session that's interactive, and so we're going to try yep. to try to get some of those same points out there so we can be really helpful to Choir Nation, you know, who is mostly made up of middle school and high school choral directors, but not all. Um, but I'm sure that this uh, methodology <laughs> or philosophy that you have mm-hmm. uh, approach. approach uh, is great for everybody. So, yeah. um, so in a nutshell, what is the singing conductor? Well, I think it, for me, the singing conductor is um, a process by which one um, approaches basically making choral the choral art come alive. 
um, a process or an approach that, a pedagogical approach that, in my opinion, when I've heard choirs conducted by people who display characteristics of a singing conductor, whose choirs are um, singing from the inside out, they are completely engaged and aware not only of um, the technical aspects, but deeply rooted in the understanding of the piece and the work. Mm-hmm. I see four, when I think of character, when I think of singing conductor, there are four main characteristics that come to mind. One, those who sort of have a heightened, really a heightened sensitivity to building sound. You know, singing conductors, the tone is non-negotiable. And I find that even if they're rehearsing rhythms, even if they're dealing with solfege, a singing conductor is always going to do that where the choir still is using using a very healthy and a good sound. Mm-hmm. I also find singing conductors place emphasis on sound for sound's sake, like I just stated, but that's in tandem with sounds that are directly connected to the context of the piece. Um, you, you rarely, if they're singing, for example, um, I think of Fecit Potentium from Vivaldi's Magnificat. That's rather martial. Bum, bee, bum, 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 bum. Rarely are you going to hear them have their choir do la, da, 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 even if they're learning the notes. Rarely are you going to have, because in the, the singing conductors often build that sound and the character at the same time, because you've accomplished then more than one concept. And then you don't have to go back and try to elicit sure. the character. I find that singing conductors, the, those who do that, because of that, their rehearsals are more engaging because the students are, even in the learning process, they're directly engaged with the, the sort of the kernel, if you will, or the essence of what that piece is about, which always, once think about it, when a person, our sometimes conductors wait to let their choirs, they sort of like focus on this is how we teach and this is what we do. And they don't really give you a sense of the music until after you've learned all of the rhythms and all of the notes. Mm-hmm. And I found that's fine. But why not teach those rhythms and notes in the spirit of that piece? That doesn't mean tempo. It right. can still be slow. But man, if you do that in the spirit of that piece, you immediately, I think, vary your you vary your rehearsal speed, you vary your rehearsal articulation and character. Mm-hmm. Soul fetching can be fun and exciting. Um, anyway, I also find that um, singing conductors often see technical issues um, as vocal ones. Okay, can Not- we can we just for a second? Can I can we back yes. up just for a second? Okay. Please. I, I want to highlight this point because this is something that comes up all the time on the show. This is something that I've preached about on the show. Is that is that you know the character of the piece is not something that you can just sprinkle on at the end and just in, oh. contrive at the end. It's like baking a cake but forgetting the putting get forgetting to put the <laughs> eggs in until the very yeah. end, and then you just get like a and a cake with an omelet on top. You know that looks Absolutely. awkward and strange, and nobody, nobody wants to eat it. So. Absolutely. Right. So, you yeah. know, uh, there was an episode um, that I did a long time ago called Put the Text First mm-hmm. um, and talking about really going in depth and reading the text with your choir before you make a sound mm-hmm. um, and really go in depth. You know, is there is there a component of that in, in this now? Because I am I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing what you're what you're saying is that is that like 
if we're going to do a piece that calls for like this real bright timbre or something like that, or this very yes. martial sound, that you're going to uh, articulate the solfege in that manner. You're going to articulate rhythmic syllables in that manner. You're going to, if it's a piece where we need to move, you know, eventually, we're going to get up and move at the beginning. We're going to, or at least in our seats. Um, for me, it's not text-driven. It okay. is text-driven in the fact that the text obviously informs the car- the, the you know the crux of the piece. Sure. Um, sometimes that's informed just by the historical context of the piece as well. Um, and so um, it's not necessarily starting with text. Sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where, where do some- you fit text? I mean, where does text come in? For you, in this process? yeah, yeah. Um, well, text is always there in terms of understanding. Mm-hmm. However, it may not come in right away for learning. Okay. For example, I'm working with a high school group this week, and we're singing um, a Latvian song in Latvian, a Latvian folk song. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no way I can start with that text, so I have to start with. I'm always constantly giving them. Snippets about what this piece means. You know, are, what what are you at, what do you think based on what you know about the meaning? What are you what are your sounds representing? Mm-hmm. So we're still singing these sounds based on our understanding of the text and translation, but we're not dealing with text yet because that's a whole nother learning process. Sure, okay. That then I will add on because the language is going to take a minute to deal with. So character so, is okay. always there. Character is always gotcha. Okay, and sound that supports that character. Gotcha. Okay. Well, all right. Let's let's keep going on to your next point. So, and then I think the third point of singing conductors is they often see um, technical issues in a rehearsals first as vocal ones. I'm not saying this is the only way or the right way. I just know singing conductors that I know of. They first will approach those issues first from that perspective because there's such people who are really in tune to vocal issues for example the issue of volume is volume really as simply as students need to sing with more energy it might be but it also could be the fact that the breath is not moving it could also be a fact that the body has some tension so freeing up the body. So I find singing conductors first go about those technical issues first from thinking about what vocally is not working that's causing the technical issue to get in the way. Um, so that's another point of the singing conductor. Mm-hmm. And then the last point is um, those who place a high emphasis on communication and expression. I find singing conductors... It's never just, it's never tech, only a technical experience. The singing conductors, I know that character, that vocal sound, and that connection to expression and communication, it's, it's, they're all are inter, they're all are linked. And they're basically just choosing to give a little bit more emphasis here or there. But those, those four things are constantly at the forefront of their rehearsals. So who is somebody, just off the top of your head, first person you can think of when you think of singing conductor besides yourself? Well, I have three people that I'm going to say so that I don't look like I'm favoring one. Gotcha, okay. Um, My colleague, Jerry Blackstone, Joe Miller from Westminster, and Emily Ellsworth from Anima. 
Are they all three Michiganders? They're not. Joe Miller is, well, he's from Western, but he's not the University of Michigan at all. Emily Ellsworth is in Chicago. With oh, okay, okay, okay. Children's Chorus. And Jerry Blackstone, of course, is Michigan. So okay, so we just we just fly over them. That's all. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, obviously we know Joe at Westminster, <laughs> but yes, but I know he was at Western Michigan before. But okay, gotcha, gotcha. And these are not just. Um, there are many others. Those are just three that come to mind immediately. Doreen okay. Rao would be another one as well. Okay. No, I because I, I've heard people be critical about. I mean, everybody's critical about everybody, right? But, but about, I mean, now, I, and I've, I've, I have sat in, in um, hours of rehearsals with Joe Miller. I didn't, I didn't go to Westminster while he was there, but sure. um, I've gone every summer, except for this past one, to the summer, you know, this, the Summer uh, Institute, Coral, uh, Coral Institute. Were you there I was there? I don't. I've done. Gosh, I've done. What I did the first year was Isra- Israel and Egypt. Okay, so I I left by then. Okay, B minor so mass I, was the year before that. Maybe you were there. I go back to Florence days. Oh, with, see, no, 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 no. I'm I'm not that. Yeah, I'm. Okay, I'm only thirty three. Eugene, come on, give cut me some <laughs> slack. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, yeah, Israel and Egypt was was that first year that I that I was there and. Um, I've sat in hours and upon hours of rehearsals with, with Joe and he's been on the podcast and I'm a big, a big fan, but he's, you know, he's, he is completely different than Joseph Flummerfelt, who I, who I had. And so there is this sort of Westminster like battle of the Joes, even though there's not a battle of the Joes out out in front, you know, but they're two very different philosophies where, um, you know, Dr. Flummerfelt always kind of just trusted the uh the the people that were teaching our voice lessons to to have us bring in our good technique yeah and we just did what we did you know um and that's why i guess uh dr flarenfeld was such an awesome brahms interpreter because we always had big enough voices to do it and then but i but i noticed that there's so much more refining of sound that is done in in joe miller's rehearsals i feel like he is he is much more a sculptor of sound. He's always cutting off a little clay here and a little clay there um, in in his rehearsals. I mean, they're very intentionally planned. I mean, to the, I mean, I feel like to the minute um, they're so much different and I'm, and I I still haven't figured out like what it is between, between the two of them. And you will look at rehearsals of all myself and those three, four people that I listed, mm-hmm. and they still may look differently. But if you look at, look at their rehearsals from the lens, the four lens that I gave mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you will see that they definitely have attributes of that. It doesn't mean that they don't have other tangents or other specificities, mm-hmm. but the overall approach to learning music, the overall approach to getting inside of the music even though some go more towards sound than others, some go more towards that communication, some go more towards I can list. But generally speaking, they definitely have characteristics of singing conductors. Yes. So is is this is the singing conductor thing? Is this a is this a trend or is this is no, this, this is something after I begin? So I had to codify my teaching. I was asked to create a session that sort of 
put together or gave basically a pitch to what I, what am I doing? Somebody mm-hmm. had several people observe, hear my choirs at National and just observe what I was doing and wanted to sort of get get an understanding about. And it's I I came up with this name mm-hmm. and I after really analyzing my approaches and then began to realize, obviously, as I did that and thinking about influences in my life, mm-hmm. those people of all the conductors I've sat under, who who do I resonate with the most? Whose attributes do I when I think about them, I see these some of these, if not all, some of these characteristics in their process. Mm-hmm. Um but the name of this approach, pedagogical approach, is one that I've coined. Okay. I, I see maybe there, there being people in Choir Nation listening right now that are pr- primarily keyboardists, right, that are, that are directing choirs. And maybe they don't have as, as great of a grip on vocal pedagogy or they've just not sung enough um, mm-hmm. You know, to to call themselves yet a singing conductor. So how mm-hmm. you know how do they? Because uh, I'm assuming what you mean by a singing conductor is is a conductor who like who gets all the intricacies of singing to the point where they're a singer first. Like, is that? I mean, is that kind well, of what you mean I, by as that? I said, as I said, one who places who has a heightened or places a high emphasis on sound. And from whence everything else follows that. Okay. It doesn't. Jerry Blackstone is a pianist first. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, he is he a singer? Yes, of course. But and did he start out maybe as a singing conductor? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But if you watch his work now, absolutely, he displays this pedagogical approach, gotcha. singing conductor approach. So it's not a singer's. You need to be a singer, a trained singer. I think you definitely need to have an understanding enough of the voice, sure. and you need to be <clears throat> in tuned enough to your own voice to be able to help others. But there are lots of keyboard. There are some keyboardists who are absolutely still singing conductors. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're a soloist, and that's why I gotcha. have to. Okay. I really clearly define this. But there's not a singing conductor that I know who doesn't have a strong understanding of group vocal techniques. Let sure. me be clear, because we know I would never claim to be a voice teacher to have that one-on-one solo voice training. Mm-hmm. Do I have a basic? Yes. But I think um, these singing conductors have a strong group vocal technique understanding. All right. So Eugene, I, I want to just put a little bow on this because we're, we're coming close to our time limit here. Um, and uh, I, I really appreciate you sharing this with us. I mean, this is a this is hopefully a prompt for a bigger discussion, um, hopefully in the Choir Nation Facebook group. Uh, Choir Nation Facebook group is uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Choir Nation, or you just search Choir Nation there in Facebook. And uh, we always have great discussions. So um, join us Join us there. Eugene just joined. Uh, so if you have any questions, just tag, <coughs> tag him in a question, and, and he'll jump in and answer for you. So um, Eugene, let's put a little bow on it. Um, Leave us with some words of wisdom or something, and we'll we'll end it there. Well, I hope you know. Even though there are many ways to skin a cat and many approaches to realizing, um, I think uh, great performances and and this this wonderful choral art. I hope what we talked about today will definitely cause people to start thinking about their process, start thinking about conductors with whom they've worked 
and to see, you know, how is this person approaching sound? How are they approaching the process of building the sound as it relates to this music? And in addition to that, hopefully it will affect um, even the decisions they make in the process. Um, I, it's something I feel passionately about. And when I present, I always also model a rehearsal um, to, so folks can sort of see in, in the actual live action maybe some approaches, uh, an example of some approaches. So this has been great to be on your show, Ryan. I, I just, uh, it's, um, I think it's, it's a great way for people to continue to learn and, and hear so many different perspectives about this great art form. Thank you for having me. It's really been an honor. Well, thank you, Eugene. And Choir Nation, if you want to support what we do, uh, you can go over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Choir Ninja, and you can make a donation there. Or um, buy something from us for our sponsors. <laughs> or we have, we have a brand new game coming out uh, called Choirs Are Horrible. And it's, <laughs> it's like Cards Against Humanity Choir Edition. Um, so uh, take a look at the Facebook group. Make sure you sign up for my email list, and I'll let you know um, when that comes out. If you want to buy a Choir Ninja t-shirt, you can do that too. So you know, just come into the Facebook group, and we'll, we'll point you in the right direction. Uh, Eugene, thank you. I'm glad you're a member thank of the group you. now too. And uh, Absolutely. we'll see you at the next thing somewhere. Excellent. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Good luck to you. Have a good summer. Bye bye, you too. Quiet ninja show.